Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. It is time for our weekly check-in on the things that are going on in the United States. And boy, is there a lot for us to talk about. Although I do feel like I say that every week. But Reggie Cicchini is with us now, our Global News Washington correspondent. Good morning, Reggie. Good morning. All right, let's start with the big story. Historic moment in the United States this week with the indictment of a former president. The indictment of a former president uh, where this case, you know, kind of came at us really quickly on Tuesday and is now going to stay on a back burner for months and months until we get the next court appearance in December. But this was historic. Never before has a president faced any kind of criminal charge in any kind of case alleging wrongdoing. The former president still sees himself as a victim. His legal team is still trying to portray him as somebody uh, who fell victim to a longstanding political witch hunt. But arguably, given the fact that this indictment moved forward, the charges were laid against the former president, this marks a new moment in political history where those who were once deemed untouchable now realize that they can be held accountable. Okay, and there is a bit of a um, like a ban, a gag order on this, right? Well, there's there's not really a gag order per se. The former president has just been told that he has to be careful of the wording and language that he uses. Uh, So as to not have it be deemed threatening towards the court or towards members uh, of the judicial process. But he's not technically barred from being able to talk about the case. What there's a secondary kind of layer to this where there is going to be, um, I guess, an effort to prevent the president, former president, from releasing information from the grand jury that is obviously kept secret so that that doesn't get leaked into the public. So it's not quite a gag order, but he is under strict rules to ensure that he doesn't go too far in crossing the line. And what has been the reaction in political circles to this? Well, I mean, look, Republicans still say that the former president did nothing wrong, that he didn't uh, that he that he's that he's a victim of, of weaponization of the judicial system across the country. Uh, and, you know, he's making money off of this. Other Republicans are making money off of this. So they're using this to a political advantage. But there is a bit of that kind of conversation happening quietly in the Republican Party to does this legal and political baggage start to weigh them down? Does it turn off potential independence? That's something polling will pick up on in the next couple of weeks, if not the next couple of months. But for now, Republicans still lining up behind the former president to say, look, he's the he's he's the victim here. We need to stand behind him, regardless of what that's doing to our own political hopes. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, Let's can we talk about what's happening in Tennessee? Reggie, can you explain to me what's going on there? So this is this is interesting and it is a kind of unprecedented moment. Uh, in the United States, once again, Uh, there were three lawmakers who came forward to the floor of the Tennessee uh, legislature within the last uh, week or so, and they were protesting against gun violence, wanting the state to do more in enacting laws to protect people and and mostly kids, uh, especially on the heels of that school shooting at that Christian school. And it was it was loud. And Republicans in the in the House in Tennessee ultimately said that this was a protest and it broke decorum and it broke the rules of the House. So they held a vote to expel three of these lawmakers who took part in that kind of protest on the floor. 
Two of them are black men. One of them is a white woman. Ultimately, they let the white woman keep her job. The two black men were expelled within the last 24 hours. And this is now starting a conversation as to what is it that the Republicans are ultimately trying to do here? Because if it was to keep everyone quiet, this story has now shot itself. Horrible use of words there, but has kind of thrown itself now to uh, to center stage. Well, yeah, everybody was talking about this. I saw this being live streamed yesterday. Their choice of, you know, removing two but leaving one. Uh, they brought race issues into this. Also, how can they just take democratically elected people and throw them out because they feel like it? This is part of the issue where supermajorities, uh, especially Republican supermajorities, are becoming more common across the United States and they're taking it into their own hands to be able to do things. Look, if we kind of ignore Tennessee for a moment to go to North Carolina, a Democrat just crossed the aisle in the House to become a Republican, giving North Carolina's Republican House a supermajority. In Wisconsin, there is a supermajority. So there are concerns that this is going to set a new precedent. Uh, back in Tennessee, though, they have to hold by-elections now. Nothing is going to stop these two expelled members from rerunning in a by-election. And again, the quiet part of the Republican circles are saying, is this going to tick off independents and potentially Republican women who don't want their kids killed when they go to school? Well, that's the other thing, too. Let's talk about the flip side of that, which is what happened in Chicago and Wisconsin. Yeah, and look, this is a moment. Democrats were, were kind of unclear how this was going to go, uh, where you have elections that are underway and it's kind of a, a fight between the moderate within the Democratic side and the, uh, the, the further left in the Democratic side and progressives in both of these elections, in the mayor's election and in the Supreme Court, won and won by larger margins. And there was a national eye looking at these races to see how are Democrats potentially going to fare as we head closer to the elections next year and to have two progressives win especially in Chicago, a city that's really come under uh, scrutiny for the ongoing violence issues. Um, to have a progressive win uh, is, is a moment in the United States where Democrats may be able to rally around this. They may be able to point this back to the White House to say, look, this kind of, um, you know, acting like a normal government and not acting like some kind of extreme government or a government that doesn't really care about something, that may work for us. Obviously, we'll have to see how it plays out in Chicago and through Wisconsin, but it is a big win for Democrats. Yeah, the Wisconsin one was really interesting because they they clearly ran that election based on the abortion versus anti-abortion issue. Yeah, absolutely. They did. And to have a progressive win uh, is a big move because this allows the Supreme Court. Obviously, in Canada, we don't have kind of politics that play into into the court matters. But in the U.S., when you elect your judges, uh, the way that that judge leans can tilt the bench one way or the other. So to have now a left-leaning Supreme Court is important. The second side of that story, Wisconsin has a supermajority in Republicans, so there's already talk of trying to impeach uh, that, that Supreme Court justice from not being able to sit so as to not have that kind of tilt leaning on the bench. Okay, all that's fascinating too. And I also want to ask you about the whole Taiwan-China issue because I thought it was quite telling this week that there's a lot of kind of open support among some U.S. politicians for Taiwan. Yeah, and, and look, this is, this is not quiet support. This is loud and long-standing support. Uh, we saw in the previous uh, 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 Congress 
Speaker Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan. Obviously, it triggered uh, a reaction from Beijing, and we saw fighter jets start to buzz the island. Uh, we have currently, at this moment, a delegation of U.S. representatives that are in Taiwan, again, angering China. And at the same time, you had Taiwan's president in, uh, in, uh, in California meeting with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy with bipartisan support from Democrats and Republicans saying that this is an essential move to ensure that Taiwan sees that the United States is there to back its government. All of this, though, is angering Beijing. China does not like the U.S. having standalone um, relationships with Taiwan because China sees Taiwan as a part of its territory and they want all communications to go through Beijing. So to see both Democrats and Republicans rallying on a mutual agreed upon topic, uh, it does bode well for the relationship between the island nation and the U.S. All right, Reggie, thank you so much for all that. Thank you.